Hi, you're listening to my mom, Cat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, friends. I'm so glad that you could join us for the Inspired to Action podcast today. I'm talking with my friend, Sarah May, uh, about the tensions that we as women, particularly moms, can often feel between our dreams and our realities. I would say, especially those of you with little ones, our dreams can kind of take a backseat to the realities of our current responsibilities. And this is definitely something that Sarah May went through, and she wrote this book about it. And today we're going to talk about, you know, should we just kind of give up our dreams for the sake of home and a family? It's not something we have time right for right now. Is it something that we just need to lay down and give up? We're also going to talk about, you know, how can we enjoy our lives right in the middle of the normal mundane of it all that we're experiencing right now. And then if we're supposed to keep those longings and dreams alive, how do we do that? How do we keep those alive in the midst of our busyness? And we're going to jump into that conversation in just a minute. But first, I want to say a huge thank you to PlanToEat.com for sponsoring the Inspired to Action podcast. Y'all, I use this site every single week. And if I'm honest, sometimes every single day, because that's where I keep all of my recipes. That's where I keep my meal plan. That's where I keep my shopping list. I love that this one site takes care of all that stuff because I don't like to do any of it. And I do like technology. So it makes it fun for me that I can just pick up my phone I can meal plan, I can make my shopping list, I can find all of my recipes in one place. And I'll often even set up my iPad in the kitchen, pull up the recipes and just get to cooking and it's all right there for me. So I definitely recommend checking them out. Just go to plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action and you can get a free 30 day trial. Uh, 30 days is a long time and you can plan a whole lot of meals in that amount of time. And you can also... Sign up for their free 30-day trial and then go through my, it's I think it's like five days, my five-day meal planning boot camp. And what that's going to do, it's going to help you get all set up on plan to eat in five days. You could probably actually do it all in one day, but I break it out so that you can fit it into your probably pretty busy schedule right now. Uh, so just go to mealplanningbootcamp.com and there you'll find the link for uh, signing up for it and getting those videos. I walk you through the process of really putting a meal plan together, of setting it up and plan to eat, and just that whole thing. It's going to get you kind of jump-started on that process. So definitely check out plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action. And then once you do that, head over to mealplanningbootcamp.com. And pretty much by this time next week, you could have an awesome meal plan and be set to go when it comes to planning your meals and getting stuff done in the kitchen. All right, now let's jump into our chat today with Sarah May. Hey, Sarah May. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. We have um, talked about podcasting together for quite a while, and so yes. I'm glad that we finally <laughs> made it a reality. Me too. I'm really glad. I can't believe it took this long. I'm so sorry, <laughs> but I'm here. I'm so glad. Well, you know, you've written a lot of books. You've written like traditionally published books. You've written ebooks. And they've always been, or a lot of them have been very, very practical. You wrote a book about just getting dressed every day. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, you've written a book about, about cleaning and the heart behind cleaning. You've written a book about motherhood. You have a new book coming, about, uh, coming out that is a little bit different. And I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about what brought this book about. 
Sure. Well, the book is called Longing for Paris, One Woman's Search for Joy, Beauty, and Adventure Right Where She Is. And you're right, this book is a little bit different because it swerves away from some of the practical and it's really more of a memoir into my life, uh, figuring out my own longings and uncovering the things that were deep in my soul that I didn't know how to reconcile with my everyday normal life. So to sum it up practically, I was trying to figure out how to navigate the tensions between my longings and my reality. How do I deal with these dreams that I have and all of this stuff that I feel like God put in my soul with my very everyday normal life? Get up, make breakfast for my kids, homeschool my kids, you know, take them to their sports games, take care of my home, all of just the normal good stuff of life. Uh, And so I really wanted to delve in and figure it out. And as I started to look more at my longings, I had more questions. You know, are dreams even biblical? How do I deal with my dreams as a woman and as a mother? Um, and And so I really delve into that. And so while there is practical teaching in the book that can encourage and help other women who are struggling with this same thing, There are a lot of stories of my life just growing up, um, stories of, you know, with my husband and my kids and what my life was like uh, before I became a Christian and how I became a Christian and, and, and how all of that led up to the person that I am and dealing with the longings that I have. So very, very memoir style. I'm very excited to read it because one thing that I love about you is your honesty and your Mm -hmm. vulnerability and you know, honestly, sometimes I'll read something you wrote and I'm like, I don't know if I could ever say that, but I love that she said that. <laughs> you know, I just, I really, yeah. really admire that about you because it's from such a place of wanting to, I guess, shed light on things to say, hey, you know, to everybody that, that reads your words, whether it's on a blog or in a book, you know, it's from a place of saying, I want you to feel like you are okay, that this is normal, that somebody else exactly. is going through what you're going through. And Yes. And I just really, really admire that about you. And mm-hmm. just to, to give everybody a perspective for those who might not know you as well, what, yeah. what is your reality? Tell us about, you know, who you are and, and, you know, you talked about your reality and your longings. Take us sure. into your reality. Yeah. So my reality, which I love and I'm grateful for, is that I'm a mom of three small children and I homeschool them. I stay at home with them. And I've done this since they were babies. And I, I'm married. I have a wonderful husband. But, you know, sometimes I have bad thoughts about him and not the dirty kind. You know, we just have a normal marriage. And it's got its ups and downs and crazy. And I feel like I just have a pretty normal life. But normal can sometimes feel really mundane and really squeezing. And there have been times where I have felt like, I have been in a box and I'm sort of like scratching my way out. How do I, how do I get outside the box? How do I see outside the box? And there are times where I have felt that even so I am, even though I am so grateful for everything I have, truly, I thank God every day and every night that I have my family. There have been times where I've daydreamed of having two parallel lives. So the life that I'm living now with my kids and my husband and my homeschooling and just our daily normal life where I fit writing in here and there with this life of, you know, going off to Paris and staying up late into the night, having deep conversations with other writers and artists and and spending my days writing and thinking and pondering and teaching. And, you know, so I, I have these 
these longings, these other things I want to do that I just quite frankly don't have time to do them and do them well. And when I try to, something always suffers. So I'll neglect, you know, I'll neglect my kids or, you know, I'll neglect a deadline or whatever. Something always suffers. And I'm trying to figure out, so what do I do with my longings then? <laughs> you know, I, I cry out to God, God, what do I do with these longings? I don't want to neglect my family. I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also can't, I don't want to stifle the things, the color that God has put in me. And so I've just sort of wrestled back and forth with how to deal with all of this. And it and it came back to a lot of questions of my womanhood and how does God view women? And I unpacked this in the book where I really had to sort out, God, how do you see me as a woman? And what does that mean for what I do in my daily life? Am I only to be a wife and a mom and a homemaker? And if that's true, that's good enough. But there is still this fire in my bones to do these other things. When do I do them? How do I do them? How do I figure this out? So I really, this is stuff that I really just dive into to sort out, to untangle, and then to go forward in confidence of where God has me so that I can delight in Him and take pleasure in my life, not for the sake of being selfish, but because I believe that fully alive and awake women following after God, following the color that God put in them, will be able to pull forth life out of other women and be able to free people who are in situations where they can't just go and live the life that they want. We know in our world there is so much pain and brokenness and there's slavery and there's just terrible things happening all over the world, particularly with women and children. And I feel like those of us that are able to be free and to delight and to discover when we choose not to stifle those things, when we let ourselves come alive, we will be able to go and help others to we can free them, we can help them, we can inspire them, we can encourage them. We can we can bring God's kingdom to bear on this earth in creative ways to help others. I love that. You know, man, that's something that's really been on my heart lately, especially, I guess, particularly when it comes to my kids. But I think it's so true for, for us as moms as well, because I, I we watched a I guess it was a documentary or no, I think it was a movie actually about mm-hmm. Dr. Ben Carson and mm-hmm. how he grew up mm-hmm. kind of yes. in, in poverty and in a single parent home that was really struggling. His mom was really struggling yeah. and, you know, he became this world renowned doctor yes. and, and, you know, just doing all these amazing things. And, and I often think about how, you know, if he can rise, you know, if there's some sort of, if there was like a, a graph, we're looking at like some sort of line and he, he started out kind of below that line. Yes. And then he rose up way above that line. You know, how how much could we do if we're sitting on that line or if our yes. kids are sitting on the line? How much higher could we go if we are if we don't limit ourselves by the people around us? And so yes. I just love that idea and that thought that mm-hmm. that you know as you know whatever situations we are in in life. We all yeah. you know everybody listening, some people are struggling more than other people, but Yes. You know, from that foundation that we have, how far can we really go if we really Mm -hmm. focused and we really just said, God, what do you have for me? Uh, And and so I just love that that's your heart behind (laughs) this book. Um, Yeah. Well, I love it, too. I want to tell you this real quick. Why? It's because I went through a period of time where I stifled so many of my dreams or longings or whatever you want to call it because I felt like the only thing I was supposed to do 
was to be a wife and a mom. And again, I want to to say that's okay. That is good work. I believe in that work. And I believe that work has to be intentional and day in and day out. And we must give ourselves to the work. But there are seasons of that. There are seasons where that's more intentional and more in depth. And there are seasons where uh, we have a little more time and a little more flexibility to do other things. But if we kill off all the dreams and desires in our heart and we say, I just need to kill these. They're not biblical or I'm a woman and I shouldn't do them or, um, you know, I really think that deadens a part of our spirit. And I think it turns some of the color that God put in us. I think it turns out a little gray. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, we sort of just die a little bit and we just start going through the motions of life and we get really stuck and we become a little robotic. And I really think that a woman living a robotic, monotonous life not letting her heart come alive. How can she ever truly partner with God in his kingdom to bring forth life from others if she's dead herself inside? I just don't think it can happen. Mm -hmm. You know, I did an interview, I think it was episode number 80, with mm -hmm. uh, some friends of mine, Liz Griffin and Lucy Hoppy, and they both work in the arena of social justice. Yeah, And Lucy is a college professor. And she got her dream job offered to her when she was pregnant. And she was like, well, I just don't think I can take this on right now. And and she felt like the parade was passing her by. And that was the phrase that she she used. And later on, as she was spending time with God, she felt like God was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to reroute the parade. So you do mm -hmm. what I've called you to do, where I've called you to do it, and I will bring the parade right by your house. Mm. And I just, that really resonated with me and really stuck with me. And so in the midst of, of motherhood, she, you know, kept reading about what she was passionate about. She, she couldn't yes. engage in it on a physical level by going yes. and teaching at university, but she engaged in it on a heart level and on a mental level. And, and I think just, you know, like you said, there are seasons. Yes. And we, we know when the seasons change, we don't throw away the clothes that are inappropriate for that particular season. Right. We store them away and, and we keep them and we keep them ready for when that season comes around again. And um, you leave the fire lit. Yes. Right. So you yes. may not be able to actually uh, your friend didn't go and teach at the university, but she didn't let the fire die. Mm -hmm. And that's the point. We can't let it die or we will just go through the motions of life. And before we know it, those waves of life are going to just roll over us and we're not going to know what to do. Mm -hmm. And the reality is motherhood is a season. I have several oh, friends yeah. who are older moms and their kids, like they, they just became empty ne nesters mm -hmm. and they're just, you know, saying how difficult it is um, and, mm -hmm. and not sure exactly what their passions are anymore. And so I, you know, there's so much that God can do in us and with us if we keep those lit. So um, so I want to ask one, how we do that. But before we do that, I really want to know why, why Paris? Why, 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 why Paris? Paris? Yeah. yeah. Why not, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it could be Paris. It could be Tuscany. It could be Greece. I mean, I just, so particularly Paris, I read this book called, uh, it was by Hemingway and I think it's called, uh, a movable feast. That's what it was. And so after reading a movable feast, which is about Hemingway and his time in Paris and how he wrote there and what his days looked like and his time with Fitzgerald, uh, who wrote The Great Gatsby and different artists of the time, 
that, I don't know, but something in that just struck me. And I thought, oh man, would I love to do that? Would I love to be in Paris with these artists and writers and get up and work? Quite frankly, I could work all of the time. I mean, I have to stop myself. I, I would love to write and have these conversations and see the art and the beauty and the culture of this place just seemed so inviting to me. And really particularly the time, that time in the 20s and 30s. Um, and there's a movie called I think it's called Midnight in Paris. And it's about this man who goes back in time to the 20s and 30s time of Paris with Hemingway and all of these writers and artists and what that time was like. And it just, for whatever reason, it sparks something in me, in my soul. And I just think it sounds just wonderful. And it speaks to me. It's not going to speak to everybody. Everybody Mm -hmm. has a different longing, a different thing. Uh, But it just something about Paris, just we think of romance and art and beauty and music and culture. And I just adore all of that. So I'm curious, have you ever been to Paris? I've never been to Paris. And not only have I not been to Paris, but my mom used to live in Paris. And so growing up, she used to teach me French when I was a little girl. Now, don't ask me to speak any of it because I'm (laughs) not good at it. But But she lived there for a while. And so I think another thing that sort of weaved Paris into my heart was that um, I didn't live with my mom. And so I would see my mom in the summers. And one of the things we did, we would sit in her bed at night and she would teach me French. And and she had a love for the French culture and the food and uh, the sort of um, (laughs) laissez-faire-ness of the French. And so I think that probably imparted something in my soul as well. So I've just always had an inclination towards Paris. I hope that I get to go one day. Um, but what I've realized through all of this is that Paris isn't going to meet that longing. At the end of the day, um, that longing isn't there so that I can go to Paris. That longing, that Paris is just a glimpse it's just it's just a piece of the delight that God has for us and 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 why we have longing in our soul. And you know, again, I unpack all of this in the book because <laughs> there's a lot of unpacking, you know, with our longings. but um, but yeah, that's why Paris. So let's go back to the question about keeping that fire lit, keeping our longings alive. How do we mm-hmm. how do we do that? Well, I think the first thing we do is we acknowledge them. We say, Instead of saying, you know, uh, dreams aren't biblical or as a woman, I shouldn't have them or uh, since I can't fulfill them right now, I'm just going to forget about them, you know, or I'm not going to think about it or uh, why bother? I'm never going to be able to do them anyway or these doors always close, you know, whatever the reasons we give. I think the first thing is to say, I have a dream in my heart. I have longings. And it's okay to have dreams and it's okay to have longings. And God put them in our heart. Whatever the longing or dream is, he maybe didn't put that particular dream, but whatever the root of it is, the longing, he puts that pull in us for something more. That's built into us. And so I think that to keep the fire lit, we have to acknowledge that. And I think we nurture it. I think when we get times here and there, whatever it is, you find pockets of time to nurture it. You might not be able to go all out and do everything that you want to do, but just nurturing it, stoking that fire in little ways. So for me as a writer, you know, there's lots of things that I would like to do. I'd like to work all day, every day, full time. I mean, I just love what I do. But that's not a reality for me. So, you know, last night, for example, my husband and I were up till midnight and I was writing and I was working because that's a time 
that I have to do it. And I, if I don't do those things, if I don't set aside time for myself, I just wither. I begin to really wither. It's almost for me the same as spending time with the Lord. If I don't spend time with God every day, like if I miss a day or a couple of days, just talking with him, reading his word, um, praying, I wither. And I think because he put longings in me and he made me who I am. I mean, I didn't make myself. I did not knit my soul together. He did. That when I'm spending time being the person that he created me to be and doing the things that make me come alive, uh, I, I'm, I can be okay. I can keep going. And one of the biggest things I like to encourage women is, is how can I encourage them to keep going and to keep beginning again and to not give up? I don't want to see women walking around half dead. I want to see them fully alive. How can I do that? How can I encourage them to keep on? Part of that is find the thing that makes you come alive and find ways to do it. What about the the mom listening who maybe she's, you know, maybe her kids are teenagers and it's been a long time and she did put out that fire. Yeah. How can she rediscover what those longings could be? Mm, how fun of a journey is that? I think if you've put the fire out and you're sort of like, now what? Now what do I do? I think that is such an exciting time of adventure because you can sort of like let the floodgates open and you can start asking the Lord, Lord, what have you put in me? Would you revive this fire in me? Would you show me? Would you guide me? Would you teach me? And and open your hands to him and, and just say, I'm willing. I'm listening. I'm open. And I think start exploring too. Um, I, I just think that quite frankly, it's like a blank blank slate when you get to start over, when you get to say, God, revive these things in me. And then we just get to watch and see what he does as we walk one day at a time by faith. You know, we don't, it, it's not necessarily going to be some big thing, but just being open to the Lord and being willing to walk by faith. I mean, there, there is something always exciting in that, in my opinion, because it's an adventure of the unknown. And how thrilling can that be if we open ourselves up to it? Now, another thought that you have in the book is how we can just really enjoy our lives right now, right mm-hmm. in the middle of our every day. Yes. Even though we have these longings for other things that aren't going to be a reality right now. Yes. So what did, what did you do in this process and what would okay. you encourage another mom to do? Sure. So this is really fun. This is where we have an opportunity to say... For me, okay, I can't go to Paris right now. That's not my life. I don't have the money to go to Paris. I don't have the time to go to Paris. You know, I've got lots of reasons why Paris is not practical for me right now in this season, okay? So what I decided to do was I started to, instead of be depressed that I couldn't go, think, well, how can I bring Paris to me? What can I do? And so one of the things that I did with my kids, and I thought this was really fun, is I thought, let's go on an adventure to find the best croissant in our sweet little town of Lidditz, Pennsylvania. And so we would get up in the mornings and we would walk downtown to little cafes, you know, like once a week or something. And we would order a coffee and a croissant. And we did this throughout uh, last summer, actually, um, where we would go to different cafes and try their croissants and try and figure out who has the best croissant in Lidditz, Pennsylvania. It was just this really fun thing to do. I mean, it seems so simple and so small. But we had such a great time. And now my kids, it's so cute. They love croissants. 
croissants. <laughs> they don't get them very often. I have not attempted to make them because, oh, my word, oh, it's such a process. It yes. really is. Um, but it was one small little way to bring a piece of my dream into my normal everyday and to let my children come along with me. Mm. And do you know, the other fun thing about it is, so we'd get our croissant. And we'd sit down outside and we'd see that, you know, I live in this little small town, Americana, watching people go by. And I would say, okay, close your eyes. Now I want you to take off the piece of the croissant and put it in your mouth and just savor it. What does it taste like? You know, and we did this whole sort of like, if, <laughs> if, if I can't carve out time, you know, to go to Paris and sit at a cafe and have a croissant, I am going to at least close my eyes with my kids and we are going to savor this moment and we can pretend that we are in Paris at a cafe. Um, and so the great thing about this is I had fun. I, I kept the fire going. Um, and I inspired something in my own children to just get out of the mundane and do something fun and interesting. So that was just one little thing that we did. Well, and I love that too, because then in a, in a sense, you're sharing the dream. Yes, exactly. That's and, right. Because I don't want my dreams to be separate from my family. Right. I want to say, how can we do this together? And how can I bring them in? Because what, what I don't want to do is my kids to grow up and say, mom had this dream. She followed her dream. And we were sort of left in the dust watching it. I would so much rather say, come along with mm-hmm. me. Let's adventure together. And then as their dreams start to shape shape and come alive, I want to say, Let's let's explore your dream. Let's explore that. And we become this family of dreamers and doers where our fire is lit and we adventure together. Well, that's so good. Because, you know, the, the other angle that a, a kid could leave with is my mom had these dreams and these longings, but she chose to be my mom. Yeah. And, and on one sense, you know, maybe that could be inspiring in some way. And the other sense, it can just heap so much guilt. Yeah. On yeah, them. And can. but by bringing them into it. You know, it can be this thing that someday you and your kids get to go to Paris and it's this culmination of bringing them into the dream. I don't know, writing a book about it and getting it out there, I just, I feel like some airline needs to be like, hey, Sarah May. Listen, you're telling me. Hey, hey, airlines out there. (laughs) So for all you airline executives listening right now, just email me and we'll send some tickets to Sarah May. But, you know, this is this is really the crux of it, too. It's this choice that me, we make. So I could sit around and I could be depressed and discouraged that my dreams aren't coming true or that. And believe me, Paris is not the culmination of the dream. That's just one aspect of it. Um, or we can say, this is my circumstance. This is my season. This is where I'm at. How can I be thankful and enjoy it right where I am? And that's a choice we all have to make. And I think it's a choice between choosing to live and choosing to walk around half dead. Mm-hmm. There's this, okay, my listeners are going to get a little annoyed with me, but okay. there, so there's this um, part of the brain called the reticular activating system. Mm-hmm. And it is the thing where if you're going to buy a car uh, you and say you're shopping for a red minivan, everywhere okay. you see a red minivan. Suddenly, you know, your neighbor has a red minivan. The people down the street have a red minivan. Oprah mm. Winfrey has a red minivan. Everybody has <laughs> one. Um, and, and, and the idea is, is that it's kind of like the bouncer for your brain because at any point in time, mm. you could have all these different stimuli coming at you and it needs to filter out. Um, mm. and, and so you tell it, this is what I'm focusing on. And so then it's going to bring to light everything regarding that. So if your stomach hurts and you're saying, oh, wow, I'm really thinking about my stomach hurting, it's going to bother you that much more and be that much more all-consuming. Yeah. So the idea of 
focusing on the things that we can be thankful for and what we can enjoy right now, mm-hmm. that's telling your brain, these are the things I want to look for. These are the things that are important. And then all of a sudden, it's just going to explode and, and you're going to be like, oh, wow, I didn't realize how really amazing this small thing was and that small thing was yes. because your brain, you know, just God gave us these wonderful um, mm-hmm. This wonderful brain to help us when we're pursuing him. And and I love that idea. Just as we focus on the things that we can be thankful for right now, it's not even just a, you know, a gritting our teeth. Yes, right. And doing oh, it. Yeah. But it, it it's planting a seed that blossoms and grows and can, in, you know, in a sense, take over that longing for this season and kind of be a shade for it so that when it's time. Mm-hmm. That that's, that's something that we can focus on. But for right now, we can fully enjoy where we are and what we're doing. It's so good. That is so true. And I love that interesting little scientific tidbit you go. just gave. Because really, you look for the bad or you look for the good. Yes. And you're going to find what you look for. Exactly. I, th- I heard some great quote. Well, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I can't even remember. I remember it was by Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> and it was something like, something like, I'm not even going to try. It was something along those lines. <laughs> I'm maybe gonna, I just quoted him and didn't know. It. Maybe so. I, I don't think I'll try to misquote one of the presidents of the United States. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So where do all these dreams come from anyway? Yeah. So I believe now <laughs> that all of our dreams and all of our longings, the root of them, the root of longing comes straight from the Lord. So there's a couple ways to look at this. First of all, I think about the fact that why do I even long for anything? Why am I not content? I don't think that we're meant to be content in the sense of never have a longing. I think that we're content and that we find the good and, and we're thankful for where we are at and we don't covet and want other things. But that's different than having a longing in your soul. A longing does what? It pulls us towards something. It's it's making us not sit still. It's making us want something more. And I believe, and and I go through the scriptures and stuff in the book, that, that God puts this longing in here that will never be fulfilled on this earth mm-hmm. because it is a magnet towards heaven. It is this pull that we need something more. And one day, the culmination of all of this pulling and all of this wanting is going to be met the the minute that we are in heaven because that is our home and that's what we were made for. So I was made for Paris and I was made for Tuscany and I was made for art and I was made for beauty because I was made for heaven. And all of those things that God has put in the world, art, beauty, music, uh, beautiful places, beautiful people, he made that. He chose to do that so that we could delight in it and get a glimpse of it because all of that will be realized, I believe in heaven. And so the first thing is that is, I believe, the root of our longings. Also, it says that when we take delight in the Lord, the scripture, Psalm 37, 4, when we take delight in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart. I don't think this means, um, God, I really want to have a million dollars so I can have a really awesome house to um, bring people into and host people. Maybe that's true. Maybe God will do that. But I think it's more like, I'm going to delight in you, Lord. And the more I delight in you, the more you're you're pulling out the things that you put into my soul. You knit color in me. You knit dreams in me. You knit ways for me to bring your kingdom to bear in creative ways on this earth. I want to follow that. I don't want to ignore that. You're going to use how you made me to complete your purpose on this earth. That's a good thing. Also, we know in Proverbs 29, 18, 
that if there is no vision, if there is no dream, people will perish. This is what I'm talking about, about walking around half dead. We're not going to make it. I love the message version of this. It says, if we can't see what God is doing, people will stumble all over themselves. But when we attend to what God reveals, we are most blessed. Mm. I think that God reveals our dreams to us in, in a multitude of ways. And as he reveals them and as we see what he's doing and we decide to follow by faith, I think that we will be most blessed and I think we'll be able to bless others by using what God put in us. So I think there's a lot of um, biblical truth to the fact that dreams are good and are biblical and we have longings and we should not ignore them because God put them in us to use for his glory and for his kingdom. I love that. You know, I think we often kind of get into the trap of feeling like we're just, especially the phrase, we're just another mom. Yeah. And there isn't something unique and amazing about us and that, Mm. you know, um, other people could do what we do or, or yeah. whatever that might be. But but the fact is that God put each one of us here for a purpose. Yes. And he has certain things in us that nobody else could do. I'm not going to repeat all the statistics because I know my listeners have heard them several times. Oh. But, you know, there's a statistic from StrengthsFinder. Um, have you heard of that book? Oh, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that basically the odds of anybody having all of the strengths in the same order is one in some number with 36 zeros behind it. Yeah. <laughs> and so just the idea that, you know, there will never be anyone just like Sarah May. Right. There will never be anyone just like Kat Lee. And God gave us this particular storyline in our lives. Yes. Or, or it, really this storyline in his whole epic of human history. That's right. And he wants us to walk in that. He's called us to it. And so yes. just following him and following those longings, that is, I love that. Yeah, and pushing out all the voices. I think we start to lose our ability to long and follow our dreams because we listen to a bunch of voices and then we sort of lose the wonder. Everybody gives us guidelines and tells us what to do and how to do it. And maybe we shouldn't dream and maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe we shouldn't do that. And I think we stop seeing God as a God of faith and wonder. And we box ourselves up and we get really neurotic. Should I do this? Should I not do this? What should I do? What shouldn't I do? Ah! And we get and we get crazy in our heads, right? Instead of going to the Lord in faith and just saying, Lord, teach me your ways. Just, Lord, would you show me? I'm going to walk by faith in the power of your Holy Spirit one day at a time. I will trust you. You are a God of wonder and delight, and you're interesting and colorful, and nobody can box you in. And so we look at the scripture and we believe his word because it is true and right, and and there are boundaries there. But God is still a God of wonder, and we don't need to get neurotic over all of the things that we can and can't do. We just, we read his word and we follow by faith one day at a time. So good. So how do you balance it all? How do you, you've, you're a mom of three little kids Mm -hmm. and you're a wife and you blog and you've written lots of books. Mm -hmm. How do you balance it all? Yeah. Um, well, I don't like the word balance. (laughs) You know, every time I ask that question, that's what people say. say. I love the word balance. (laughs) (laughs) Except that I'm terrible at juggling and something always drops. So (laughs) that's why I'm not good at balance. Um, I really am a believer in nonlinear priorities. And what I mean by that is instead of ordering things like 
I'm going to put God first and I'm going to put my husband second and I'm going to put my children third and I'm going to put my, you know, uh, longings and dreams for like whatever we do this thing. Right. I sort of, um, think that life is just this ebb and flow. And, uh, and partly this is my personality, right? I'm not this real organized type A personality. I'm real, I'm pretty actually laid back and very, uh, flexible. Um, and so I, balance for me, it's, it's not so much balance as it is. Um, I just don't want to overthink it. I just sort of look like I really want to be a good mom and how can I enjoy my children today? And how can I show them that they're loved? Okay. I'm going to do that. Uh, so, so something really practical. I feel like if I spend a, like good time with my kids in the morning and I make them a yummy breakfast and I read to them and, uh, and we do, so this is a summertime thing, right? Cause we're in summer now for us, we're done homeschooling. You know, how can I fill their souls in the morning so that when I need to do some work, I have not just left them in the dust. Right. Um, so that's sort of a practical thing or I wake up and think, how can I, enjoy my work today without feeling like I'm neglecting my family. Okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, um, like I said, nurture my kids, nurture my family. Maybe I'll run, I ran my dishwasher early this morning so that I feel free to pursue some of these other things because I know my kids are taken care of. I know my home is taken care of. And I also give myself a lot of grace. Like nothing is going to be perfect. I am never going to be a great homemaker. (laughs) I am never going to get motherhood 100% right, but I'm going to have lots of conversations with my kids. I'm going to let them in on everything. We are, I'm going to do my best to make sure that I'm filling their souls and loving them and putting them first. And, and sometimes if something has to drop, it's going to be the work. It's going to be the writing. So I am working on a course right now called Longing for Life, and it is about living an unregrettable life. And I love it, and I'm jazzed, and I cannot wait to teach it. But I have two weeks before I have to go film for this course. Well, my son has a baseball picnic this this Saturday, and my daughter has a relay for swimming this Saturday. So guess what? I'm not working on my course this Saturday. (laughs) I'm going to be with my kids. And and I'm going to say, Lord, you know that I'm doing this course, and I am really excited about it, and I cannot wait to teach women these things that I've learned. Would you help me be wise and carve out some fringe hours, as my friend Jessica Turner says, so that I can work on this with excellence and really um, encourage women because that's my other love to do. So that is not a great answer to your question. (laughs) I just really look at things like instead of I need to do X, Y, or Z to balance, I think, how can I love my kids well? How can I do my work with excellence? How can I make sure my husband feels loved? Oh, I am thirsty for God. Lord, I'm just going to remember to spend some time with you today. Maybe that's in the morning or maybe that's in the afternoon, but I know I need your word to fill my soul. So this is what I mean by nonlinear priorities. Um, And that's just sort of the way I roll. So that's how I quote unquote balance it. Yeah, no, I think that's really, that's really interesting because that's what I've done the past couple of days. My kids, two of my kids are still in school and one of them Mm. is out of school. Mm-hmm. And he's, it's my youngest that's out of school. So it's just been me and him for the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I've had some interviews to do the past couple of days. And, you know, I wasn't even really thinking through the process. I think it was more along the lines of when the interviews were. But yesterday morning, we went golfing. And then this morning, I played Scrabble with him. And yeah. I, I wasn't being as intentional as you. But now that you say that, I'm like, oh, th- well, no wonder he kind of was fine with me, you know, yep. being in my office and doing interviews because – we did stuff together and he was yes. ready to, to read a book or let's be honest, mm-hmm. play some video games. Yeah. Um, you filled that you took the time to fill up something that they needed. You know, it's really funny. Sometimes kids only need, um, I'm not saying this is a general 
practice. But, you know, 15 minutes of really solid time. And then they'll go play for an hour by themselves. And then they might need another 15 minutes of really solid time. (laughs) And then they'll go play for them. Like, I was nervous about doing this podcast right now because we're trying not to watch TV. (laughs) And um, I was like, but I don't want my kids to interrupt me. But I don't want to default to TV. So I just really made sure to spend time with them, give them a good breakfast, read to them, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, okay, you guys. Can you, I would like you to play. Here's some ideas you can do. You can listen to Adventures in Odyssey. You can color. You can play store. You can play hotel. They have this whole thing they do. Um, and so far, so good. <laughs> <laughs> but but in between this, I've got another podcast I'm doing after this. I'm going to go up there and give them some cuddles and snug and and uh, kisses and snacks and love on them for five minutes and then come back down here <laughs> and do the next podcast. So it's really um there are seasons that are more busy, but I think we have to make sure we're giving our kids what we need and not just saying, leave us alone. Don't bother me, but let me love you really, really well. And then go have some fun while I get a little bit of work done. And then we're going to snuggle again. Well, and you know, I think that's wisdom about both things that just that small amount of very focused, very intentional time can go so much further than we think it would that, that focused time on our kids, or if we just intentionally write or create or whatever it is that we want to do for just 10 minutes, it can go much farther than we think 10 minutes can go. Absolutely. Uh, Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is one encouragement that you would give to the mom listening right now? And she's about to get her kids up from nap time, or she's about to pull in the garage after a long day of work. What encouragement would you give to her? Okay. Two things. First of all, mom out there, (laughs) you're tired. You've got your kids. You're doing your best. Um, I just want to tell you that you have um, these beautiful longings that God has put into your soul. And I want to tell you, don't ignore them. Don't listen to all the voices that say that you can't um, look at your dreams, that you can't follow your dreams, or you can't think about your dreams, or whatever it is. I know you're squeezed for time. I know you can't do everything you want, but keep that fire lit because all of the color inside of you and the longings that you have, they were given to you by your Father in heaven who loves you so much and who is delighted when you are fully you, because when you are fully you, he is fully glorified. So don't let the fire die. Find little ways to nurture the longings and the dreams in your soul. And and you don't have to be neurotic over it. Just one day at a time by faith, God, help me to not kill these dreams. Help me to follow your longings and still just be a good mom or wife or whatever it is that you're wanting to do. So I just want to encourage you to do that. On a real, on a more practical level, even though I said that I am more of sort of um, a non-practical kind of like, let's go with the flow, think about how I can love my kids and, and do my work, I do have some tips for you. Um, it's called Five Practical Tips to Balancing Your Dreams with Motherhood. And if you go to sarahmay.com backslash cat, K-A-T, you can just go ahead and download that for free. Just it's something you can print out to encourage you in some practical things uh, that will help you in so-called balancing motherhood and dreams. So fun. You guys make sure to go to that link, sarahmay.com backslash cat and get Mm -hmm. that. I love, thank you so much for doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so obviously that's where people can find you online from that link. I'm assuming they (laughs) can then get to everything else. Um, where will they be able to find the book? 
they'll be able to find the book. You can, I mean, if you're at sarahmay.com, if you go to longingforparis.com, it's going to be everywhere August 4th, which is today, uh, in bookstores and online. So you can pretty much get it anywhere. Just Google Longing for Paris. And you mentioned the course. When is that going to be ready? Where, where can they, you know, sign up to find out when it's going to be ready, you know, get connected with that? Yep. If you go to longingforlife.com, you can find all the information you need. And let's say somebody listening loves Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Can they find you on those? They absolutely can. You can find me at Twitter. My Twitter handle is just Sarah May. My Instagram handle is Sarah May Writes. And my Facebook is Sarah May Writes. Awesome. And it's Sarah May, S-A-R-A-H-M-A-E. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad we finally did this. Yay. Now you can go take your five minutes and go cuddle with your kids before the next podcast. And get some more coffee. (laughs) Uh, Yes, absolutely. All right, Sarah, you have a great day. You too. Bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you would take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercies. May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in.